When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, it is the 615 Sessions brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising, hanging out here with you. Very excited to be back with you on a Tuesday. Very excited for it to be the last week of the preseason. And because it is such, we're going we're gonna to divert a little from the hardcore Titans topics. No Vols. Today, what we're going to talk about is the NFL on a larger scale with our friend Alan Bell of 247 Sports. In the wake of the Gronk retirement, in the wake of Andrew Luck, I really think this is fascinating stuff. And so Alan and I are going to talk about it on the whole, and we'll see where we we'll see where we end up, honestly, because there was a great many uh, uh, there was a great many variety of topics that Alan and I talked about. And so, without further ado, Alan Bell of 24-7 Sports. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising hanging out here with you. Very pleased to be joined by our friend Alan Bell of 24-7 Sports. You can find him on Twitter at AllenBell247. Brother, appreciate you stopping by. Dude, I appreciate you having me. And let me say this to start it off, man. Uh, seeing all the great things that you guys at A to Z are doing, just congrats to all you guys, man. Y'all are crushing it. Yeah, I mean, we're having some fun with it, buddy. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I hope that them hiring me will not be a total waste of their money as we get into actual football season. But that is yet to be determined. I'm sure that I will fail in some spectacular way professionally. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's costing you know it's costing the boys a couple extra bottles of hair gel. But other than that, man, you're good to go. Well, and see, I'm even cutting costs because I use women's hairspray, so it's totally fine. <laughs> Dude, you're a beauty, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Titans, but since it's preseason week four, the Titans are playing in Chicago on Thursday. It's really gonna take every ounce of of effort that I have left in my body, Alan, to watch that particular game, and then have to go back and watch the damn thing again uh, because we'll have to talk to Mike about it right before they cut everybody who we're talking about. So it won't matter. Uh, but. Yeah. I I want to I want to spend a little more time because I haven't talked yet on the podcast about Andrew Luck, and I want to talk about it within the context though of what we saw from Rob Gronkowski today the the press conference that Gronk had where he's talking about the new CBD company that he's working with, um, and I I'm sure you saw the press conference and the clip of course that went viral about his loss of love of football. What have you made of these two retirements, Alan, before any of this? Because I want to talk about this a little more in depth. Yeah, uh, you know what? They kind of mirrored each other. Um, You know, I I saw two guys, you know, between Saturday night with Luck and, uh, you know, Tuesday uh, with Gronk, 
that you see two guys that love the game of football that were brought to tears in both of their you know press conferences um, talking about generally the same things and about how much you know loss of uh, of just enjoyment in life that they've had uh, how hard uh, you know not only physically but mentally you know coming back from these injuries are. And it, it makes sense. And, you know, it's not going to be – not every player in the league is going to be able to do this, right? Like, you've got a guy in Andrew Luck. He comes from Means. He went to Stanford. He has a lot of interest. And, and I don't say that as negative. That good for him. And you've got Gronk, who any company in the world is going to want to put their company name, you know, with him because he sells, right? Not every player is going to have that. And, and, and other players around the league, you know, they, they, <clears throat> they, they that's their deal is the game, right? But – it's interesting to see two guys that have really reached the top level uh, in the top level that are like, you know what, this just isn't worth it to me anymore. It, 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 we haven't seen that, especially, you know, two big-name players in one offseason. It's crazy to me because just just to watch, especially Gronk, like the luck the luck thing hit home for me because it, it, was, it was sad to see. I mean, you know, the, the whole yeah. scene from him walking out of the middle of that preseason game and being booed in Indianapolis to, uh, you know, talking about how he had lost his joy. But then to see Gronk today, I mean, Gronk is literally, a, he's a giant puppy dog. He's a happy idiot. I mean, he is, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski just epitomizes uh, blind joy, it seems, in everything that he does. And to see him today, to see the pain in his in, on his face and in his voice, Alan, talking about how football was bringing him down. Patriot fans, I love all my fans. I love Patriot fans. And wherever I go, Patriot fans always ask, am I coming back when I'm coming back? Where am I coming back? I'm walking across the street and they're like, you're walking because you're coming back. (laughs) It's crazy. I understand. I I feel that love. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was... bringing me down and I didn't like it and I was losing that joy in life like the joy I'm sorry right now but oh (laughs) dang let me oh I really was and I was fighting through it and I knew what I signed up for and I knew what I was fighting through and I knew I just have to fix myself and I believe I have the tools I have the people around me I have CBD, CBD medic team around me now to help me to deal with my pain whenever I need it, whenever during a workout, whatever it is, so I, I can do the most safe, alternative way for myself. And I believe I have the great people around me to get to where I need to get to in life. Yes, I'm on the right path to where I am now, and I got a lot farther to go, and I feel great, and I am pain-free. But I truly believe I can get to another level with my body, and I'm just in the stage, first stage right now. And when that time comes down in the future, if I have the desire to play football again, if I feel passionate about football again, if I'm feeling like I need to be out there on the field, I will go back to football. But as of right now, that is not the case. It could be the case in six months. It could be the case in two years. It could be the case in three years. It could be the case in three months. But I truly don't see it in the foreseeable future in like a week or a month. And I'm going to keep No. Has there, recency biases is a common thing nowadays, but has, has there any, has there ever been anything like this in professional sports with two athletes of this caliber, as you talked about, 
leaving yeah. the game seemingly in the middle of their prime. Yeah, that's the hard part is right in the middle of their prime. You know, I, I think, you know, let's use recency. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't certainly retiring, but it, it felt like it, you know, when, when Peyton Manning was done in Indy, um, you know, with all the neck injuries and everything that he went through and, you know, his, his future wasn't, you know, certain, you know, he was going to go somewhere, but it, it kind of felt like that. Right. And then you had like somebody like Brett Favre, but he played until, you know, he was what 40, right? Like having guys that are this young, uh, we just haven't seen it before. And to see both of them literally brought to tears and you're right. Like Gronk really is a teddy bear of just pure joy, you know, like, like a, like a dog, like you just, your dog at the house that just, he just loves. That's all he knows. He's never sad. And to see him in tears, man, like, you know, you see that the, that these, these guys are humans and it, it, it hurt, man. I'm with you. Like it, it brings emotions into you as well, where you're like, man, like maybe we should, you know, lay off these guys. Like, you know, they, they read everything and they see everything. And, you know, these guys at the same thing at the end of the night, they're going home to their family and they're just human beings. You know, it really made it a human moment uh, from both of them. What, what does it mean for football in particular? Because I know not everybody, like you said, not everybody is luck and not everybody is gronk. Like these, these are two name brand athletes. These are two people who can do whatever they want in life at this point because of, of the success that they've had. But it seems like, you know, from, from, be at the NBA where Adam Silver is talking about how their athletes are are seemingly a lot of them unhappy and now to see how people are kind of talking about well you know good for Andrew Luck or good for Rob Gronkowski they got out like what does this mean for football in general because as I see it I mean these two retirements in particular this legitimate at least for me I think it it affects the future of how people view the sport Calvin Johnson was one thing but these two things back to back I really think that yeah. hits home yeah, no, it does. And you know what? I think, one, you know, we're seeing that maybe football isn't the most important thing on the planet, that we've all been, you know, <clears throat> institutionalized, you know, since kids, you know, to grow up with and think about, right? Like, there there are other interests. <clears throat> it's just tough, man. I, I think it's changing, and I think that you've got guys that realize, you know what, that there are other things that I want to do. And, and think about this. And I'm not making this this political because that I, I'm. Never oh no, do it! However, do it, Alan. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Let's get everybody fired up. No, <laughs> um, you know, human beings are tribal. Okay, human beings like to be part of a group. That's why we like our teams. And if you're, you know, locally, if you're a Titans fan, you know, you you like to yell at Colts fans or Jags fans, or if you're a Vols fan or a Vandy fan, right? Like human beings are tribal, and I think that a lot of these players, you know, you, you brought up a good point. NBA, NFL. MLB, whatever, a lot of them are, you know, uh, dealing with, you know, depression because, you know what, there's a lot of lonely times to where nobody really understands them and they don't understand what pe- what they go through, right? If you're Gronk or you're Andrew Luck, you, and you walk in in the summer, off season, you walk into a restaurant, that's an entire restaurant that stares at you, right? Like they have no idea what you go through, but they all know your name and they all know who you are. They know who you date. They know where you live. They know how much money you make, right? Like, it's a weird existence. It's a weird life. And I'm not saying that it's bad because obviously everyone would want to be able to have that in their life. But, you know, when, when they go to bed and they wake up in the morning, I'll bet a lot of them feel alone. You know what I mean? Like there's just not many people, you know, statistically in the country that live the life that they do. And that's why you see a lot of them, you know, that just say, I, I just don't, 
I'm not happy anymore. And, and those are guys that haven't dealt with injuries. They're just not happy. Uh, it's an interesting dichotomy that I would love to see explained more by somebody well more intelligent than I am. Oh, well, I mean, listen, this is the, that, <laughs> these are conversations for much smarter individuals than you or I. But, I mean, for, for me, the, the sociology of football is, is fascinating. The way that the whole thing is structured organizationally, the way that the that it, it's a mi- I mean not again not as you're saying to get political but it is a microcosm of football and and professional sports in general but particularly in the NFL because of how dirty and how 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 everything is done behind closed doors and in back rooms that we really don't pay too much attention to outside of when these kinds of things popped up and then you start diving deeper into it uh i i'm I'm fascinated as you said to watch this play out but this is this is a very very serious conversation did you at least laugh when bill belichick was saying that he didn't find out that andrew luck retired until somebody asked him about it in a press conference Dude, all right, so first off, I couldn't retweet you fast enough. You're like, <laughs> I love this man. I couldn't retweet it fast he enough. He makes me dude, smile dude, so much, Alan. Dude, Bill Belichick is, like, I always say this around, like, my buddies. Like, you know that Bill Belichick, like, when he's with his close group of, of buddies, you know he's hilarious. Like, he is funny. I bet he is the life of the party for sure. But when he gets up on these press conferences and he is just dull, but hits you with the funniest, dry, just slapstick humor, you know, that he puts on, he's like, yeah, I don't really follow them. You know what I mean? Like, he's just hilarious, man. Like, I love the guy. I'm really going to miss him when he's gone. And I don't know, he might, he might leave in the middle of the year. Uh, he might never leave. Like he might be somebody that legitimately is 99 years old with a cutoff hoodie on the field. I don't know, but I don't know what there to ever be football without him because he just brings an element that nobody else does. I mean that when they were here for joint practices, (laughs) honestly, one of the highlights of my professional life, because I mean, everybody has the, the Holy shit moment. That's, that's still Tom Brady. You know, this is, it's crazy when you're around him to see that, that caliber of superstar and, and how it totally affects everything around him is like the cir- circus that came to town. But a be- two Bill Belichick press conferences now in my <laughs> career where I'm standing arm's length of this man. Nobody is sitting around him, even though the Boston media traveled more people than we have in the Titans media core here locally. Their seats splayed out in front of him the same way that Mike Vrabel gives his press conference for, for people to sit down and ask him questions. And there's like a force field around him. Everybody's standing <laughs> behind the row of chairs asking him questions. He's giving three-word responses. And even as I'm on arm's length from him, Alan, I couldn't hear what he was saying. It was crazy. <laughs> He's just, he's glorious, literally, in just every level of it. And you're right. Like, he's got that mumble talk, you know, he talks like this. And, like, the force field comment is hilarious because it's like, what makes him so great is that he is so secretive and you have no idea. And he's so intelligent that, like, you know, when he's looking at, you know, whoever the reporter is, you know, that's asking him a question, that he's literally looking into their soul, like, why are you asking me this? Why am I even in the room with you people? Like, how did any of you get in here? Why am I here with you? But then he also, you know, will drop funny comments, too, if you bring something just random from, like, a 1962 Browns game or something. Like, he's just, he's the most interesting human being I've ever seen that just operates. He's awesome, man. Like, I, I, I wish that. He could just do like how they do the draft. Like he just has to go to every city, and every reporter has to be around it. Uh, it's it's legitimately an experience. But speaking of, of people who stare through your through your soul <laughs> at press conferences, uh, the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. Uh, this this 
Coach, this quarterback situation here, Alan, is something that has been discussed ad nauseum. And this team, I don't... I don't know how people are how people are viewing them from the outside. It's not like you're an outsider. You're here locally, but you have a much broader view of the rest of the league than anybody here locally because of what you do for 24/7 as their NFL editor. Do you do you think that people are legitimately buying in outside of Nashville to this Tannehill Mariota thing, or do you think this is just another thing that that what like what GetUp is doing to have something to talk about on a Tuesday morning in the nine o'clock hour? Yeah, I, I think it's both, right? So, if you know if you're managing a writer that is in another city, right, and I'm saying you know what. I need some pieces on this, you know, if I lived in Minnesota and I had one of my writers, I was like, I need some pieces on this, this Mariota quarterback situation. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to look at it and you know the basics. You're like, okay, I've seen Mariota. I know who Ryan Tannehill is. They have similar stats. Well, let's just, you know, make the natural jump to conclusion that there's going to be a quarterback battle. So I think nationally that's what these guys have done. They just, they just took it too far when it's like there's nothing that Tannehill's going to do barring catastrophic injury, to start week one. That was never in the plans, ever, 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 ever. It was never going to happen. But they missed that little part right there. Like, if the national guys would have added that clause in and said, you know what, there's nothing that's going to happen in training camp where Tannehill wins that job. Week four, week five, if this team is 0-4, 1-3, now you've got a battle on your hands. They just went too far with it. Um, you know, in terms of where they stand. The hard part is this, is that we really don't know where the Titans are because, you know, we see Sunday night against Pittsburgh. It doesn't look like Vrabel takes these games seriously at all. He told Um, us, he he basically told us, Alan, after the Pats game that he, he, he's like, yeah, I'm not really going to go back and watch the second half. I'm like, bless you for your (laughs) honesty, sir. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's hilarious. And, you know, I was watching on the Titan stream of, of Vrabel's press conference and it hit me how much he really just doesn't value these games when, I can't remember the reporter who asked him uh, in terms of Pittsburgh's aggressive blitz, right? And he was like, yeah, I was pretty surprised about that. Like, as soon as he said that, I was like, he doesn't care about any of this. And then someone, uh, uh, another reporter asked him how he felt about Mariota, you know, at that moment. And he was like, I feel great. Like, love what he's done in practice. Love what he did. Uh, joint practices with the Patriots. And it's like, yep. Like, they value the, the practices and where they're at on that field. And these games don't mean anything. So we're kind of in, you know, a holding pattern until week one in Cleveland to where that offense, they could be clicking, they could be on fire, they could go up there, hammer the Browns, come back, get ready for the Colts. Or it could be what we saw Sunday night where the offensive line doesn't look very good. Mariota's not clicking with his receivers yet. You know, uh, Dory is, you know, running away from punts and they're dropping, you know, in the five. We don't know. And that's going to be the hard part for the next week and a half is that it's hard to project because the preseason used to give us at least a little bit of a glimpse, and now we have no clue. Uh, your your point is well made about Mike. Just the, the way that he's talking, he kept referencing, at least when we would ask him about things that happened to the preseason game, he kept referencing things that would happen in practice. You know, we really like yep. what we've seen from them in practice. The, 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 the preseason game is so fundamentally useless. And Mike, you know, to his, I'm, he's not going to come out and say, it is fundamentally useless what we're doing. He's going to give at least some modicum of coach speak in terms of, well, we value the operational aspects 
of walking yeah. these through, walking these guys like AJ Brown, who's a rookie, and Adam Humphreys through our game day protocol. Like that's really all they're doing. It's a damn dress rehearsal. And I I look at this, Alan, and he clearly understands the value or lack thereof of them. You've seen Sean McVay. Uh, how how Jared Goff hasn't played a snap of the preseason. I think Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, uh, and I'm I'm missing another quarterback that hasn't played a snap in the preseason. But you see the way that these are diminished. Is it, again, back to recency bias, is preseason football markedly worse than it has been? Because I'm sitting there watching that Pats or that Steelers game, Alan, and I'm like, this is the worst damn thing I've ever seen. And I feel like I say that every year. Yeah. It, no, it, it is worse. It, it's absolutely worse. Like, you know, the preseason has never been great. However, there was always one game where we could count on, you know, a dress rehearsal type game, right? Like, we could we could at least count on that. And last year, you kind of saw teams getting away from it. This year, it's like they just took a blowtorch to it and said, we're not doing this at all, right? And, you know, I wonder if <clears throat> Rabel being a former player, if he thinks that way because he knew the preseason wasn't worth anything. But you've got other coaches, like you said, <clears throat> Sean McVay, excuse me, uh, you know, Matt Nagy in Chicago, he doesn't care. Uh, it's dead, man. Like, it's dead as it stands right now. The only hard, the hard part is how do you not even fix it? What do you go to? And it's always going to come down to money. And, and, and what I wish I could see is if you took all 32 teams and you took all the preseason games that they played, what is the number – what is that value to the NFL? You said <clears throat> preseason as a whole is worth $400 million. So you say, okay, you know what? Let's abolish the preseason or have one game or something. I don't know. But how do they make that money up? And it could be, it doesn't have to be at that time. It could be during the draft. They add something to it when they travel to these cities or it could be in the playoffs. I don't know. But it's dead as it stands. It has to go away. The risk is so much. Uh, more um, than the reward, and it's going to continue to go. These teams are going to see it. They're going to say, we're not playing anybody in this game. Uh, last one for you on the way out the door. Mm-hmm. Alan Bell, 247 Sports. Follow him on Twitter, at Alan Bell 247 uh, Will you be signing up for the Popeyes app to get the push notifications that the f- spicy chicken sandwiches are back in uh, when <laughs> they are available again? That was a brilliant play by them. Oh They're going to get a this, lot this of This whole free thing has been up. brilliant by them. It's incredible what they've done incredible a lot of you know email addresses uh yeah you know what yeah i am I, i'm a guy who likes food for sure i haven't even gotten to have it yet uh so i've got to do it i feel like that's at a, at a point where my life is now where i've really got to get a fast food chicken sandwich but yeah <laughs> i'm fired up but yeah we'll sign up for it for sure well that's my thing like i everybody is talking about them yet i don't know a single person who's been able to get one yet it's like they purposely uh, limited the qua- quantity that they were putting out there so we all had to talk about the damn chicken sandwich and nobody's hey, actually well, had a damn chicken sandwich well you know let, let, let's go conspiracy theory on two things that i know you said you got to run so we'll end it on two conspiracy theories one you're exactly right this was a limited thing and, and their end goal was to get interest get app signups so they played that perfectly two we can end it on this conspiracy theory going back to andrew luck in indianapolis um, you know, we, we've seen that, the, you know, the Colts brass, they kind of knew, uh, you know, at least that, that this was on Andrew Luck's mind. Uh, what did Josh McDaniels know when he took the job and then quietly got out of there? Did he have an idea that Andrew Luck might have been done and he made the smart decision to go back to the 
See, this is why I love you, buddy. We do it all. We talk about the the end of football, the death of the preseason, and the Popeye's chicken sandwich conspiracies. You are a beautiful human, Alan Bell, 247 Sports. Follow him, follow his work, and all of their work at 247sports.com. My brother, I appreciate you stopping by as always. Buddy, I appreciate you as always, man. Tell everybody over there, A to Z, y'all are crushing, man. Keep up the great work. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the 615 Session Shouts. To Alan Bell, our buddy from 247 Sports, for stopping by. Uh, shouts to you guys who rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know all the places that you go to get your streaming stuff. So make sure that you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing to our little podcast here wherever it is that you can do those things. Uh, be back here with you on Thursday. The preseason game number four in Chicago will have taken place. We're not going to really really talk about it. There's not going to be anything revelatory that happens because of it, but we will talk a little college football. We hope to be joined by Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason, and we will talk about the college football season that is on the horizon as a whole now that it is officially underway and the Vols and Vandy have games this weekend. So, that being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.